Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Hyder, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hey guys, what is up? And welcome back to the Dream Bigger Podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Sif. I'm so happy you've tuned in. Um, I'm so happy if you've come back and I'm just really excited to share today's interview with you. So I'm chatting with Leah Bartha, who is Pilates instructor, expert, and founder of Be The Method. So her whole philosophy is very interesting because she talks a lot about the pelvic floor, which is really something we discuss in depth during today's conversation. And I think it's a really kind of interesting thing to talk about and something that isn't talked about enough because the thing is our pelvic floor, if it's in good shape, we have better sex, we feel better. And Leah gets into all of that and how Pilates is so closely linked to the pelvic floor. So it's a really great conversation and just like an exploration of Pilates in general. So, you know, if maybe one of your goals this year, this month, or fuck it, even this week was getting into movement a little bit more, I think this conversation will really inspire you to get your body moving. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Pilates. When I um, graduated from university, I was desperately looking for movement that I loved. I'd gained just way more than freshman 15, let me tell you, throughout university. And I looked and felt like shit. And it wasn't until I found Pilates that I really began to love movement. So that was really my first introduction to exercise that I was obsessed with that gave me such, you know, peace of mind. I felt amazing and it gave me this incredible strength that I just wasn't expecting. So, you know, if you are interested in Pilates movement, whatever it is, please listen to this conversation. Um, It'll really educate you about your pelvic floor. And I'm so excited to bring you this conversation. Before we dive in, let's talk about this week's hot tip. So this week's hot tip is actually from one of my favorite brands, um, Doe, and it's spelled D-E-U-X. I've talked about them before. They're edible cookie dough, which is really, really clean ingredients and absolutely fucking delicious. So this week, I want to spotlight their drip. 
spread. It is basically a clean version of Nutella. And if you know anything about me, I have had a serious addiction to Nutella throughout my life. It literally cannot be brought into my home because the way I consume it, it's just not healthy. Like I've had it with a spoon. Um, I finished a jar in a day. It's, it's, it's not okay. So the first time I tried drip, um, I was hanging out with Sabina actually at Thanksgiving dinner and Sabina is the founder of dough. And she brought this drip thing with her to dinner and I tried it and I, I couldn't believe that it wasn't Nutella. And I more than that, couldn't believe that it was actually made with like such clean ingredients. So if you are looking for like just the most delicious chocolate hazelnut spread ever, um, try drip. And also I have to call it the fact that they actually use real hazelnuts in a lot of them. So it's a very high quality product as well. I like to dip you know, some strawberries into it or like kind of drizzle it over my strawberries, whatever it is. And I think you guys will absolutely die for it. So go check them out if you haven't already. And let's say hello to Leah Bartha and get into today's show. Well, I'm obsessed with your bloat capsules. You're so They're amazing. And they're like the only ones that actually, you know, and it's like you expect something to work in a way and it doesn't. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I wasted that money again. But these like, you know, exactly like it's going to work right now. I know exactly when to take it. Thank you so much. It's so great. Like it's honestly like we're so proud of that product. Like I, I wasn't able to eat pasta for like years. And then when we developed this, I was like, holy shit, like I got to bring it to everyone. Yeah, I do. I like we have like my husband and I both have like separate parts of our bathroom and he has like calm on his side and I have float on my (laughs) side. I haven't like for some reason, like I can't just like get into a routine of doing the calm. Yeah. But he like loves it. So I'm like, great, you can have this one. I'll have this one on my side. And it's like, yeah, it's really cute. The number of stories I hear like this though, like People will come on my podcast or like customers like, but my husband is obsessed with your calm. And I'm yeah. like, that's so nice. And like he, my husband, like he's like the type, like he's really hard. He, he's always like, everything is kind of bullshit. Like nothing's going to work. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not like that. You have to find the specific mm-hmm. things like myself included. Like I know there's like tons of products out there here and there, but like when you find your exact one, I'm like, no, this is the one. Yeah, And, and he, then like, you're just obsessed. He's like, oh, it works. Yeah. Okay. And he just kind of like shuts up and doesn't talk about it anymore. He's I like, always yeah. equate it to skincare because yeah. like the amount of like stuff there is out there, like yeah. so much of it doesn't work. Totally. But then when you find the one, like the one retinol yeah. or the vitamin C that like really fucking works, yep. you're like, oh my God. Like, And then you become it. like the spokesperson. I'm oh like, yeah. I tell everybody about it. And like, they're like, do you work for the company? Yeah. Like, no, I'm just so obsessed with this product. <laughs> That's literally me. <laughs> like yeah. when I find a product that works, I'm yeah. like, or like anything that works, I'm like the a brand loyalist. Yeah. Like for my podcast, every week I do like a hot tip and it's like something, anything that yeah. I'm like really obsessed with. And people are like, is this sponsor? I'm like, no, but yeah. I feel like I just need to put it out into well, the world. Well, this is how, I, how it is with bloat. Like I literally tell everybody, they're like, oh my God, I'm so bloated. I'm like, hey, by the way, I'm like, you should try this. Send them the link, do the whole thing. Send the like, you know, Instagram over. <laughs> oh my God, that makes me so happy. But that's like what happens when you find a product that you believe in and it's good. And I like love the ingredients. I also love like going through because I'm like, yeah, look at these like amazing ingredients. It's just clean. Like we just did not want any bullshit yeah. in there. And it was like, I, it's such a convoluted world. And like right now we're like 
doing clinicals on our own product, which yeah. is so rare in like the supplement world. Like yeah. no one really does it. It's so far I've only seen like Ritual and Seed do it. Right. So expensive. But like thankfully now that we've grown to the point where we can afford it, it's like yeah. the first thing we invested in. And I'm so that's excited. So, that's so. great. And I love that it's not a laxative. Like you're not yeah. going in being like, oh, I'm taking this just to like clean my body out. Yeah. No, you're like taking these things to help the digestion and help all these things that makes it feel less like like you're just trying to get rid of food. You know, like some of those are like, oh, it's just secretly just a laxative. Like you're just taking a laxative. The (laughs) amount of people that abuse laxatives and like the reason I was so against it is because in um, university, one of my best friends used to abuse laxatives, right? And like she thought it was like so innocent because she's like, oh, look, it's all natural. And I'm like, uh, yeah, and it's damaging. It's super so damaging to your damaging. health. And then when you start weaning yourself off of it, like your your whole gut is like completely ruined. It's your destroyed. digestion. Yeah. And then you almost feel like you can't eat. I had I had a friend like that same thing in college and it's it's hard. Like I feel like she still has kind of a like she's still on this like road of like having some difficulties yeah. using the bathroom. Well, pretty it's, much. You it's know? it like wrecks havoc on your whole body. Yeah. And like just beyond that, like I think it's this like emotional crutch that yeah. happens a lot of the times. Like especially like a lot of eating disorders yep. kind of root from laxative abuse as well. Unfortunately, like yeah, the absolutely. doctor we worked with to formulate um, bloat and calm, yeah. she works with eating disorder patients, so that's like her field of expertise. Yeah. And like you hear the number of stories of like women abusing laxatives yeah. because they think that you know it's like an easy weight loss tool, and yeah. it's really sad because they're like actually fucking up their whole system yeah. and they just don't know because it's like all natural and we're yeah, like you're being kind of like tricked that. into it being like oh it's not an eating disorder because I'm still like feeding myself well you know it's like the eating disorder bubble can be so much bigger than just mm-hmm. like I'm not eating or I'm throwing up like I feel like that's like such an old school mentality yeah. of thinking of like eating disorders in those senses same with exercise too it's like exercise oh. can become which we'll probably talk about but I had like a crazy cardio addiction that was like I'm like, no, it's totally fine. I'm eating fine, blah, blah, blah. And then you like start realizing like, no, I'm actually like still trying to get rid of it, but in this way, you know, like same thing, like laxatives, it's like a different Everyone thing. goes through that cardio like obsession, I, yeah. I feel, yeah. you know, like I've gone through it as well. Yeah. Like I remember I, when I was, it was like university and it was such a time where like there was like not enough information out there, right? Yeah. And you always thought that like you have to cancel out what you're eating yeah. by like doing like a session in the gym. Totally. And like, I remember- you know, there was like a time where um, I'd know girls who were like, oh, I'm going to the gym like three times a day yeah. to like, you know, work off that, yeah. like whatever I ate. And I was like, like, this was, this was the norm. I know. It's wild. That's kind of how my cardio addiction started. Okay. We're going to get all into <laughs> it. I mean, we're recording this right now. now. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, thank God it is recording. So we'll use this. Um, but actually, before we get into this whole cardio thing, I want to ask, what was your big dream when you were growing up? My big dream. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, when I was a dancer, when I was little, mm-hmm. I did ballet, but I was kind of like the ball- ballerina that would always, I would be like wearing black. I would have like my hair in a ponytail. And I was like, I felt like I needed, I wanted to do something that wasn't so strict. Yeah. So I moved on and did like hip hop and modern dance, but I always kind of so like cool. loved to like feel my body and move and all of that. And um, I also really loved math. So I was kind of like a math geek. I ended up like going to college and graduating with a math degree and going like directly into corporate world. And I was like, okay, this is going to be my path. I'm going to do finance for a co- corporate. I was working with HBO at the time and I like got into entertainment. So I was like, at least it was like a little bit interesting. You uh-huh. know, it was like math, but kind of interesting. It had, you know, it made sense with 
you know, I was like doing something for something, not just like going into banking. And then I kind of realized I was like, oh, no, like my passion really is movement and I need to move my body and I need to feel. And I and, you know, like we were talking before, it's like I I feel the need to like be with people mm-hmm. and like have that energy against everybody. Do you want me to tell you my whole path to Pilates? Tell now? me. I feel, like, yeah, I, feel yeah, like, yeah. I feel like now is like a good segment. Yes. To kind of tell get me into everything. I had scoliosis as a child. So, you know, I have like a very slight S curve. Was When did you discover this? Like when you were doing I just, ballet? I discovered it really young, actually. It was like I was probably in the elementary school and my – um, pediatrician was like, you know, bend over and they do like the little test to go up uh-huh. your back. And they told my mom like, oh, it's like a slight, a slight S curve, but nothing to really worry about. You know, maybe it'll turn into something. Maybe it won't. It actually didn't turn into anything. It didn't yeah. get any worse. But as I was dancing, you know, I was always kind of aware of it. Like my balance was off and I would do like turns to one side or to the next. But it was only until I actually started working corporate and sitting in a desk you know, all the time. And, you know, I was sitting to one side, I was typing like this and starting to feel that I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm having some issues with my back. And it probably was like residual injuries from dance and, you know, all of these things my entire life. But Mm -hmm. um, it started to bother, it started to bother me. And then I had a friend that worked with me at HBO that was like, you know what, like if you have scoliosis, I have scoliosis. I, she ended up finding this chiropractor that was offering free Pilates or not free, um, really discounted Pilates, you know, sessions Mm. to people with scoliosis that could use your insurance. And she was like, it's $10. Like, what does it matter? Like, go in. And during that time, I was having this, like, cardio addictive lifestyle where I would wake up and I'd, like, get on the treadmill and I'd go for, like, an hour long and be like, oh, it doesn't feel like enough. I'm going to go after work as well. How did this pattern even develop? Like, you're a dancer. Like, why cardio of all things? Well, I I had been dancing my whole life. So exercise for me was was kind of through movement. Like I never really thought, and I grew up in Hawaii. So, you know, it was like swimming was part of my exercise, walking, you know, the beach and then dance. So I never really knew how to properly exercise or I was never, it was never kind of in my brain. Like, oh, I need to, I need to think about exercise. And so when I got into college and I started kind of pulling back from dance a little bit, I was like, okay, dance isn't my path forever. You know, I, I started realizing I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something else. My, I obviously graduated with a math degree. So dance kind of was like put on hold. And so all my friends were like, this is what you do. You go on the car, like we, we're going to go out drinking. We're going to go out partying. We're going to eat super late. And then you just like get on the treadmill and you like walk and run or whatever. And you and, cancel it out. And you cancel like it you, out. It's never happened. Exactly. And it was like, <laughs> it was like, it's no big deal. It's like what everybody does. And like you, I would, I went to an all girls school, a Scripps college in um, Claremont. So the gym was just like, it was basically like all treadmills. Like it was just like a ton of treadmills and the elliptical machine and people would just be lining up. And I was like, all right. That so just fucking nah. elliptical. I know. Honestly. The amount in college, yeah. I remember I would be in front of it watching like the Food Network. Yes. Oh my gosh. I did the same thing. <laughs> what is that? It is the Food Network channel. It's like this, yeah. literally the same exact thing. Wait, that's crazy. I thought I was like the only weirdo. That's no, like- it was me too. <laughs> Constantly. Oh my gosh, that's so cr- that's crazy. But it was like me on the treadmill watching the Food Network channel. It was like Duh. all these shows and hours. It was like an hour, hour and a half. It would never feel like enough. I was like, even when I was done after the hour and a half or two hours, wherever, however, an amount of time, I was like, did I do enough? I feel like I could do more. I didn't sweat enough. Did I? How many calories did I burn? Did I put in my correct weight so that it's mm-hmm. actually ca- and like it was just so damaging. And so I never really 
knew how to exercise. I didn't realize that there was like all these other things available. I took one Matt Pilates class Mm -hmm. um, in college, but my brain was so programmed to the cardio piece that I was like, what is this? Like, I'm literally getting nothing. Yeah. And I was like, I don't feel anything. I don't like, and I kind of, it was weird because I kind of like felt my back feeling a little bit better in there, but like, I wasn't caring about what my back was feeling like at the time. And so I just like kept doing it. And so when I graduated and went to corporate, I kind of continued that same type of thing. I was like, cardio, that's it. I had a gym in my building. So I was like pumped. Like I actually specifically rented in my building because I was like, oh, it has a gym in my building. Great. Just one treadmill. That's all I need. I can go down in the morning before work and get that done. Did you, did you love cardio? Was it like something that brought you a lot of joy? No. And so that's part of it. It's like, for me, it didn't bring me joy. Mm -hmm. It was more of like, I needed to do it. I had to do it. And it was like this punishment. It was, it was Mm -hmm. absolutely a punishment. And, and I just knew that like if I missed a day, it was like the end of the world. I was yeah. like, I can't miss a day. And that was something that was – it affected my relationships. It affected um, just my lifestyle in general. I was mm-hmm. like, well, I can't stay out too late because I know I have to, you know, get to the gym in the morning before I have to get to work at 7.30 or, you know, it's, it just it just wasn't healthy for me. And I know that for a lot of people, like running is this nice release and they do it for other reasons and that's so beautiful. But for me – it was it was like the complete opposite. Like cardio just like was damaging for everything. And also my body, like my body was kind of suffering because I had scoliosis. So mm. my back was kind of hurting from the pounding. Obviously, I was probably not running properly or having the right shoes or caring about form or any of these things. So slowly it was just nothing was feeling good. Like mm. I never ended feeling like, oh, I feel great about myself. I feel yeah. great about my body. I feel like that was enough. Relationships are hard, and that's why I'm here. Hey, friend, it's Cami Crawford. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. So yeah, circling back, all the way back to, I did this Pilates private session under my insurance and I had a really amazing teacher that she, I came in being like, oh, this is what I do for workout. And, and she probably was like, okay, like I, she needs a lot of work. I need Mm -hmm. to like, you know, think of it in a different way. So she knew that I wanted to kind of work hard and feel it, but Mm -hmm. also kind of understand the concepts of Pilates. So she was really great. And she worked with me and we, I ended up doing, you know, three sessions a week because it was like $10 a session or something because my insurance was paying for like 200 of it. And I was paying 10. Um, And I slowly started to just feel my body and listen to myself. And I was like, how am I feeling after? I'm like, oh, I feel really good and I feel open. And I felt like I was starting to just like understand myself a little bit, Mm -hmm. like both the body and the mind. And then I would slowly start to cut back on cardio just like little by little, like the days that I had Pilates, I was like, oh, maybe I don't have to do the, you know, my treadmill this morning and I can like just do Pilates. And it, it slowly started to kind of even itself out where I was still doing a little bit of cardio, but I was starting to feel a little bit good about myself too. And so slowly it was like doing this kind of pattern where I eventually wanted to do 
a little bit more and more Pilates. And then, you know, it's like the math brain in me. I was like, well, now I really want to know the ins and outs of this. Like, why, mm-hmm. why is, why does Pilates make me feel this way? What is it doing? I wanted to know like the anatomy pieces of it. So I found this program nearby my work that I knew that I could go before and during lunchtime and after. And it was this very extensive program that had anatomy and it had, you know, all like injury prevention and prenatal and just like working with a bunch of different bodies. It wasn't just like, Mm -hmm. this is Pilates. Like it was like, you're going to get these types of people coming to you if you want to become a Pilates instructor and you need to be prepared for all of these different bodies because everybody is so different. Mm -hmm. And so I did this research and I was like, oh, great. Like this would be amazing. And I was like, okay, it's six grand. And I was like, I do not have that money. And I guess I'll just like put it on hold. I'll keep it there and maybe try to save up. And then my grandma actually passed away and left me $6,000, which was crazy. Oh and I was super close to my grandma. And it was weird because I would always like, I like goosebumps. That's so I know. wild. It was, oh my and, God. And what's crazy too is like after some of my Pilates sessions, like that would be the time because she was in Hawaii and I was in LA. So I would always try to like time it where I can have like a little conversation. I would call her on my way back home after that Pilates session. I remember her asking me like, oh yeah, that's great that you're doing this. You know, she didn't really know much about it, but she still like listened. Mm-hmm. And I never told her that I wanted to do the certification, but she like left me the exact amount. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take this as a sign. So I put all the money into there and just like dove into it and just started the program kind of right away. That is so wild. Um, It's really interesting, this like cardio to Pilates transition, because like actually I had like a similar entrance into Pilates and that was actually like the workout that made me fall in love with working out. Yeah, yeah, great. I was really like punishing to my body all throughout like high school and university. And like, I just thought that like, you know, workouts just have to be like tough. And it's like one of those things. It's like this like laborious, horrible thing. And you do it to like look a certain way. And I hated it. So I was never consistent. And by the end of university, I'd like gained all this weight, like way more than freshman 15. It was like a university, like 30. (laughs) I don't know what it was. It was was bad. It was bad. I just didn't feel good. And so that's when I was like, let me get into like, let me try Pilates. I yeah. found, like, something on YouTube because back then it was, like, early days and we just didn't have what we have available yeah, the, today. It's it's wild. Like, the accessibility Pilates, it was, like, you had to pay all this money to do the mm-hmm. machine Pilates. There was no mat classes. There was yeah. nothing like that at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So I found this thing on YouTube and, like, I, it, like, changed my life because I was, like, oh, my God. Like, I finally, like, I, I'm, like, enjoying my workouts all of a yeah. sudden. Like, it, it, I don't have to feel like I'm dying or killing myself or yeah. just just hating everything and being on the elliptical for like an hour. And I would calculate the calories that I'm losing. It was just such a horrible. And it was like even like every calorie mattered. And that's when it's like you know that if you're going to be aware of even one calorie, like one time, you know, it's it's not going to – it's not going to give you what you need out of that at all. No, 100%. No. So then – Tell everyone the benefits of Pilates. Like there's so many benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like it makes you so, so strong. Yeah. And you don't even realize it when you're going into it, but holy shit, it makes you so strong. And then also like, I don't know, it's good for your body. It's like injury prevention and stuff. So why? Why is it so good for people? Yeah. Well, I'm classically trained in Pilates. Um, that's what I did. I've been teaching for about 13 years now. And so wow. when I, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time. A I'm older than you think I am. That's <laughs> a just, good thing. You look yeah. young. Your skin I mean, is beautiful. Or you do know how old I am. And then it's like, who knows? So I was classically trained, which was like the, um, 
the exact way Joseph Pilates wanted Pilates to be. It was like very rigid. I always think of it as like if it's like the Russian ballet of Pilates, like it's very strict, very much like this is how you do it. This is the order you do it. And when I learned that, I they talked so deeply about all the little tiny muscles that are so deep inside of your body and why they matter and how they're all connected. And so I think through that, I was able to kind of like get this understanding of the body that was from the inside out. You know, it's not thinking of the outer superficial muscles first. It's thinking about the functional mobilizing muscles from the inside. So when I created my method, Be The Method, I took some of those concepts, but with concepts from my life, from dance and swimming and all of these different things to just get it so that you're feeling the depth of the muscles and you're feeling how it's mobilizing the body. And it's really kind of all about injury prevention and longevity of your, of your life and your body. And part of it is like, it does, it does creep up on you. It's that sense where like, you're like, am I doing anything? Am I doing anything? And then all of a sudden you start connecting to these layers of muscles and you're like, oh my God, the power, when you start to find like deep lower abdominal muscles or pelvic floor muscles, you're like, it's crazy and it kind of like works its way out. And so it does transform your body physically too in a way, but you're not like, that's like the the last thing you're thinking about yeah. because you're feeling so much inside before, before that happens. And what I always tell my clients too, they're like, well, what if I take a week off? Like, am I going to go back to square one? And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Like if you've been putting in the work like consistently leading up to that point and finding this depth of muscles, like you don't lose it. It's all about keeping keeping that mobility and keeping your body healthy and mm-hmm. moving forever you know and that's what's so great about the method is that you can do it forever like the the amount of people i've heard that are like in their 20s that they're doing it with their parents that are in their 60s or 70s and everybody is able to find something that they can do for their body and feeling good and you know it's like we're twisting so you know going back to your product bloat it's like you're a lot of people are so aware of aware of bloating in your body and aware of just like when you don't feel well and through like twisting and massage and all of that, it really helps to kind of de-inflame your body or, and you know, take away some inflammation and just really get to kind of like the root of what's going on in your body. So, so think listening to your body and, yeah. and mind together. Yeah. A hundred percent. Also like the strength piece. Yeah. Um, I remember one time and like, I feel like the strength creeps up on you yeah. because I was doing just for fun, like a plank challenge with my yeah. husband. And this is when I was like really regular with Pilates. Yeah. And I beat him like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Like, because you start to learn that it's actually coming from your core, core. and you're not just like using this sh- shoulder strength there. It's amazing. It's pretty, it's pretty wild when you find that deep strength. And even, even just like in anything that you, even like holding things, like you start to realize you're like, oh, I'm holding it from a different place. I'm holding it from, from the core or, or you know, even thinking about the pelvic floor, which I talk a ton about because especially women and just the relationship we have with our hips and our lower abdominals with like, you know, periods and childbirth and just like all these things that happen there. It's like getting back to that strength and that power Mm -hmm. in that place. I'm so excited to dive into the pelvic floor. But before that even, so like, like take me back, you do this class and then what, what kind of drives you to develop your method? Yeah. Um, well, Part of it, I, you know, I had been teaching Pilates for so long. I ended up having two children kind of back to back. They're two years apart. Um, I didn't really have 
time in between to really get into an actual like workout routine. And I started to feel my body kind of suffer. I was Mm -hmm. like, my pelvic floor clearly needed like a ton of work. I was like, what is happening here? I've never had this all happen. And I, you know, was in my house with no time. I didn't have any help and my kids would be like sleeping or around, but I never found any time to kind of care for myself. And, you know, knowing that I'm Pilates trained, I knew what to do, but it was hard to kind of get back into it in that sense. So I kind of dabbled in like a whole bunch of different classes here and there and kind of didn't find exactly what I was needing. I was like, okay, well, I I love the fact that like this class really worked me out a ton. I felt like I really like got a lot of that release, but I felt Mm -hmm. very tight leaving it. Or one, I was like, it was a little bit too much stretching and I felt like I needed a more of that strength piece to connect into the pelvic floor. And so I had this like one stability ball in my, in my house, which is like, you know, it's like a 10, do using my hands, but it's like a 10 inch kind of like, like squishier stability ball. And which is like my favorite Pilates prop of all time. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I know, I know what to do with this. Like I'm going to play around with just some exercises at home that I can do. And so I started using the ball to connect back into the pelvic floor and connect my inner thighs and move and use kind of some of these concepts that I had been um, teaching either on the reformer or in mat Pilates. And I kind of just started like developing moves that um, would be mobilizing, you know, part of it was like my, my back felt super stiff from like carrying my kids. Like when, when you hold a kid on one side, it's like your shoulder lifts on that side, your arm is overdeveloped, your hip is like hiked up. And so part of it, I was like, well, I need to get back into alignment. Like I know that aligning my body and centering my body and working both sides evenly really Mm -hmm. is what makes you feel really good. Like you, I'm sure, you know, like carrying a purse on one side, like if, if there's any pain there or any pain up through your neck, it's almost hard to even focus or to even like, you know, just to, to be present. So I was like, okay, so there were things that I needed to, I needed to do. I was like, I want deep inner strength. I want to feel heat in my body. I want to breathe. I want blood flow. I want heart rate lifted. Mm -hmm. I wanted, you know, pelvic floor. And I also just really, really badly wanted to connect and align and mobilize. And I was like, and I want to be able to do this forever. So as a mom, I was like, I need, I have a time crunch, you know, sometimes I need like 15 minutes. I need 30 minutes. I need all these different ways that I can connect back there. And so I started slowly playing around with all of these moves. And that at the time I had started teaching reformer classes again to my, my clients, my private clients. And I was like, Hey, like I'm kind of creating some of these moves. Like, can I, can I show you some? And I started kind of giving it to them and they loved it and they were like connecting and they were really kind of, it was resonating with them Mm -hmm. that they were feeling the pelvic floor and what I meant by that. A lot of people were kind of like, you know, well, can you do this in a class format? So I don't have to do a private session because they're expensive. Like Mm -hmm. private sessions are very expensive. And so, yeah. So I created kind of a class format of this method. I mean, this was like developed over a couple of years and then I, out of a, you know, a store space in Tribeca, I trans transformed the space into kind of a class studio. And it was like, everybody kind of had to have a word of mouth to come to the class and they would DM me to sign up for the class. And it kind of created this really amazing community of people that, um, you know, wanted to try something new and wanted to connect in different ways. Everybody came in with different reasons for being there, which was so amazing to hear. Mm -hmm. And that really like listening to other people's stories of, why they're either slowing down, you know, taking like a moment to not kill themselves working out and really Mm -hmm. taking it down a notch, but understanding how challenging it can be doing that and how it's almost a better workout when you do pull it back and get to that depth. Um, And yeah, it really like created this amazing 
community of people. And it just kept kind of growing from there. And I think that's, you know, that was like a, a really important thing for me and developing my method and also mm-hmm. continuing to develop, to develop it is to like listen to the community. And, yeah. you know, part of my app is like I have live stream classes on there, which yes, it's nice to have that, you know, time that you can all, we can all be there. And mm-hmm. like, it, it creates a little bit of like, I'm t- completely losing the word. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like when you have to be there. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, but part of it is like people can send their feedback and everybody's so open and honest about their bodies. And like that, that's what's really helps me develop because I'll hear somebody be like, okay, I'm having some neck pain because of this and this and this or something I'm doing in my life. And I'm like, okay, I'm sure so many people out there, you'll hear other people being like, me too, me too, me too. And it helps me to develop series that are specific for that. You know, I did like a de-stressing series because everybody was feeling kind of stressed out around it at mm-hmm. different times. So it's really using the community to I develop. I feel like yeah. listening to your consumers is incredibly important. Absolutely. Because like they, I don't know, like they just give you such great feedback, even for us with Ray. Like we have always been so open with our community and like everything we kind of put out there is a result of what people ask for. Like any like improvements we make or like changes we make to packaging or like we released bloat latte recently. That was because customers told us that they wanted like a drink form of like our bloat capsules, right? So it's like, I feel like even for all like entrepreneurs, whatever area you're in, like, I think there's such a valuable lesson here that like, you have to listen to people, especially with workouts. I feel. Well, it's also because, you know, like, especially now being virtual and then Mm -hmm. I can't see everybody, like we need to communicate through words. And Mm -hmm. so being able to hear back from people and also, you know, they're, they're so open and authentic and real. And like, like some of the community members will talk about things that I'm like, it's so amazing that they get so personal and so deep and it helps so many people. So even just like one person like putting on there being like, I have extreme period cramps or I'm having, you know, I'm having pain during sex. I'm having all of these things. Like they'll talk about all these things and then I'll get feedback personally being like, I'm so grateful that somebody said that. I was a little too nervous to say that, but it was, you know, it was very eye opening, mm-hmm. And I, I went into different pieces about how the method can help for this and this and this. And it's just... Yeah. I mean, I am like so grateful for my community. My community built my business completely. Like I, when COVID hit, it was like immediately I had to stop classes. My community members, just my in-person community members, which was like fairly, it was fairly small, but it was growing at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, They were all like, we're freaking out. We're sitting inside our houses. Like we need to, to move because of this mental and physical release and not because of the fact that they're like, oh, we're going to gain weight. It was more like, for my mental state and for just my physical feeling of like being inside, like I need to. It was continue. the only thing you could do yeah. during COVID. Like, I mean, there was, it was not a great time for I a know. lot of people. Like, I know. And, and especially if you live on the East Coast or like anywhere cold, it was rough. Like you couldn't really go outside in the winter months. Like it was yeah. hard. Yeah. And like, we were also like a little scared to go outside. I was oh, like, yeah. well, I'm not going to leave my house. Like I'm terrified of what's going on, you know? And so what ended up happening, like the day after I stopped classes, I was like, okay, I have an Instagram. And I was like, I didn't know anything really at that time about Instagram. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I'm like throwing things out there, trying to build a business, but not really like doing much on there. And I was like, okay, there's a live feature. Let's just like go on there. We'll show up and we'll just like work out together. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it started. It was like, I went on there, my community showed up, they shared with their friends. The community kept growing in that sense. And then it was really like You're feedback. It was yeah. feedback from them that really was amazing. They were like, my format at that time was like only 60 minutes. I had like been playing around with the 15 and the 30 on my own, but I had never taught 
you know, series specifically like that. So people were like, well, what if you do like a shorter thing of this because I can't fit it in because I'm trying to like do it while my kid sleeps or something like that. So it was like the feedback. I actually have a question to do with this like timing issue, right? Because like for me, even when COVID hit, it was really interesting because I'd been someone who just did group classes for the last couple of years, right? For like last like three to four years. So COVID like that was really fucked because I had trouble kind of adjusting to working out at home, which is not something I'd done. And yeah. also the the timing of the the classes. It's when Array had taken off and yeah. like my schedule completely changed. All of a sudden, I was so short on time. Yep. And I was beating myself up or like not even beating, like I just felt bad about the fact that I couldn't commit the full 60 minutes or yeah. like, you know, whatever. Yeah, because we're programmed to think like yeah. a class is 60 minutes. This is what you need to get everything. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to ask you for people who are short on time, how do you feel about the 15 or the 20 minutes? Like do, do they still get benefit from it? Yeah. Um, part of the reason why I created these was specifically for people that were like, I cannot do 60. Mm-hmm. I can't even do 40. I need 30, but I need everything everything. Mm -hmm. So when I create these series, I try to think of that person in mind that it's like, I want them to get a little bit of the meditative piece. I want them to get the challenge. I want them to feel like they are open and mobile and, you know, all of these things. I want them to like connect into the pelvic floor for, you know, bowel sex, all of these things. Like I'm like, okay, that piece is like so important to me that I'm like, I need to get that in. So when I create these series, I try to make them always full body. So Mm -hmm. every exercise is full body into a sense where even if you get in just a 15 minutes, like you still feel like you are doing absolutely enough. Yeah. And so at that point, sometimes people are like, oh, I feel so good. I'm going to continue and do another 15. If you're the type of person that like motivation to do the mm-hmm. 60 is more of a thing, less of like the time crunch. Like mm-hmm. you might find that like, oh, I'm feeling good and I'm going to do a little bit more. Or you're, if you don't have the time, you're like, I did a 15 minutes. I feel great. I'm, I'm done. And that's absolutely enough. So it's like training your mind also to being like, this, this is enough time for me. I don't need to do 60 and I can always do more if I want or, you know. Yeah. It's true because like over time, like obviously I realized that that 60 minute thing is like such bullshit and yeah. like it's just you have to move your body. And yep. like I was like, okay, even if I can fit 20 minutes in, I yeah. still feel so good. Yeah. And like just the mental clarity and I don't know, the endorphins that come with even the 20 minutes. Now yeah. I like can't like I just, I can't function without like at least yeah. like that little bit of movement to yeah. just clear my mind and put myself in like a good headspace, totally. you know? And that's also thinking of exercise in like in a different way altogether too, you know? Totally. It's like because you're feeling that transformation, you start to realize that like that that goes into other pieces of your mm-hmm. life, you know? So the second I stopped doing my cardio thing, like when I was like, addicted to cardio is like two hours a day, I'd be either like ravenous and like eating a whole bunch of random stuff because I was like, I have to feed my cardio addiction. Mm. Or I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to eat that because like I just did this. And I was constantly like on this path. And when you start feeling good about exercise, you start to realize that you make better decisions in general. Like you want, you want to take care of your body and you want to like, you treat it as like this temple that you're like, oh, I'm going to start maybe drinking more water, you know, certain things that that you want to continue that feeling of feeling so good. So even doing 15 minutes, you're leaving with this like euphoric state and you're feeling good about yourself. You're like, you've eased up maybe some back pain. That's a big one. Like a lot of people come in with injuries from uh, like other types of exercises or anything. And they come to me saying like, I've had back pain for 10 years and I'm never like, it's not going to go away. I'm just like going to live with it. And I'm like, wait a second. No, like you don't have to, you don't have to feel like that. And we'll release some of that back pain because we do these mobilization and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize like how much 
you know, it was affecting my life and my eating habits and my sleeping patterns and all of these things that are all related to kind of make this like big bubble of what wellness is, you know. Um, Everything's interlinked. And, you're you're so right. Yeah. So I want to get into the pelvic floor because yeah, it's my it's, favorite topic. <laughs> like, people don't talk about it enough. And yeah. I feel like it's only in a Pilates setting that I've even heard about it. Yeah. So if you can explain what it is, I yeah. think our audience would love that. It's, you know, it's amazing how many people do not know what the pelvic floor is or where it is. And it's super common. So if like anybody listening doesn't know what it is, like I'm like, it's, I think the numbers are like, it's like 74% of everybody doesn't know anything about the pelvic floor. But what it is, it's like a hammock of muscles in, you know, kind of your pelvis. It goes from like the front to the back to the side, and it kind of holds in your bowels. It is, you know, it's, the muscle that is part of sex. So being able to control it and make sure that it's not too strong and not too weak, it's kind of finding that balance of pelvic floor health to make sure that like you can do everything that you want to do, you know, and a lot of times when you lift heavy weights, it puts a lot of pressure on the pelvic floor. So it puts a lot of strain, it can tighten. And then, you know, you might have problems using the bathroom, you might have constipation or pain during sex, or even like lower back pain and hip pain can, can stem from pelvic floor or tightness, opposite side, it can get too weak from, you know, many more things that are not just childbirth, but it's kind of like the root of everything. Like if you don't have pelvic floor health, like you'll start to feel it in the entire rest of your body. So what does Pilates do for the pelvic floor? And like, tell me about your method specifically and how you focus on the pelvic floor. Well, the, the way that I curate my series, it's like we do kind of we focus on the pelvic floor and I oftentimes am saying like engage the pelvic floor, which is kind of a little bit more than a Kegel. It's not just like a tight release, tight release. It's kind of like this inner lift and hold, but it connects to getting into the low abdominals. I mean, my whole method works in a neutral pelvis, which mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of a lot of people are unfamiliar with. So a lot of people that come in that have done other workouts are like, well, I've been told my whole life to do a tuck of the pelvis, you know, to like tuck, tuck forward to make sure that you're protecting your lower back and to like engage the muscles here. But what we really want to do is like with that tuck, I'm, I'm actually, if you could see, yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah, around. 100%, yeah. Um, but with the tuck, what it does is it actually curves your spine slightly forward. And so what we want to do is find length out of the spine. So you're giving yourself, you know, breath of air between every little vertebrae and just giving yourself this length through a neutral pelvis so that we're able to kind of inwardly pull and connect and keep that posture. So it's like posture wise, a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm going to pull my shoulders back, but it's so much more than just pulling the shoulders back. You have to like lift from here. You have to like do all these different pieces. So um, connecting the pelvic floor in the low abdominals in this neutral pelvis is kind of everything. And so I'm constantly throughout the entire method, I'm saying, get into your neutral pelvis, connect those lower abdominals, connect the pelvic floor. And it just creates this like strength in the in the hip pelvic floor pelvis region that is so powerful when you find that and it just protects everything it protects your back you start to realize like you'll have less neck pain when you're working out hip pain all of these different pieces that's rambling i'm rambling on did no, i even answer your question yeah you did <laughs> okay. and i think like it, conversations like this are important because yeah. i feel like when it comes to pelvis floor, like really the, or the pelvic floor, sorry, like the only thing we're ever taught is like Kegels, yeah, right? Like that's right. just like literally like the, the only And that's thing. also, you know, what those are, it's only tightening. So it doesn't address the fact that, you know, many people have a weak pelvic floor. I mean, sorry, a tight pelvic floor. So if you're doing the Kegels, it's tightening it more and more. And through that tightness, like the tightness is just as bad as having a weaker pelvic floor. Like you have to be able to have 
the the uh, ability to stretch it out and strengthen it out and to be able to use those muscles. So, you know, Kegels are like, yeah, tight, tight, tight. But once that tightens up, like you can't have sex, like it hurts. You can't, it actually like ends up making it so you can't use the bathroom as well, you know? And so there's all these things that I feel like need to be said, yeah. you know, it needs to be like, you know, and through the method, a lot of times we'll get into these, these, they're like kind of exercises, but stretches to kind of open up the pelvic floor so that, you know, a lot of times when you're doing core work, sometimes people like tighten up and they're just like trying to engage, engage, engage. And what we're trying to do is create that length, create that inner kind of pull of the transverse abdominis, which is like the corset muscle around your body is getting that breathing at the same time, letting your pelvic floor kind of strengthen and stretch at the same time so that it doesn't get too tight. And that's like, you know, the more and more you work out and you don't focus on that piece, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. Eventually people come to me and they're saying, Hey, I'm having constipation. I'm having pain during sex. What, what do you think this is? Am I dying? Like everybody goes to like WebMD or something like that, which I like I still kind of do sometimes, but, but yeah. And then I'm like, no, it's like, what's happening is you probably have just done a lot of workout mm -hmm. and you haven't been breathing and you haven't been paying attention to the pelvic floor. Let's do it this way and let's relieve that. And then, and then they do. And you start to realize like, oh, I'm still working out, but I'm protecting my body forever. And I can have better sex. And that's one thing that's been like a hot conversation with my community right now, especially like after the pandemic, as mm -hmm. everybody's like, now I'm like working from home and also like taking care of kids and trying to like get sex lives back in check a little bit with like all of this craziness that's been happening. And yeah, being able to like engage and, you know, work the pelvic floor in a very specific way, it mm -hmm. kind of changes your sex life altogether. So that's like a leading, leading well, point here. <laughs> be the method, not yeah. just for long, lean muscles, also I know, for good I know, sex. <laughs> I know. That's like, I feel like I should like lead with that because that really is something that I think, and you know, it's not like even sex with a partner, you know, we're talking like sex with yourself, anything that you do that's like makes you feel good there. It's like the whole, the whole journey and the whole just connection to your body and feeling that area. Like mm -hmm. I know that when people get bloated or on periods or anything that you have like such a terrible relationship totally with that part of your body, you're like, mm -hmm. get it. I don't want anything to do with that. And it's like coming back to an understanding the body and knowing you know, all the, all the little pieces that make the, the big picture. There. I, I love that. And I think yeah. it's, it's just a really important conversation piece. Obviously I'm going and signing up for this immediately. <laughs> it like, was the sex piece that got you, right? It was the sex piece that got me. did me over. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, tell me about the ball. Why yeah. the ball? And do people need the ball to do the method? So I love the ball. I originally started off and I was like, everybody has to have the ball. Like this ball is... It's, I still believe this, but you can use kind of like dupe products. You know, you can use like a pillow that's folded up, but there's something so special about, about the ball because it's like kind of squishy. It's big enough that it supports your body, but it also created, creates this like instability in the same way that when you're laying on the floor, you have this flat ground where you mm -hmm. can like push your shoulders back. But when you're lifted up slightly on the ball, you're forced to connect the muscles in different ways. So short answer, I would say, yes, it's super necessary because the, all the, all the moves are very specifically used the ball. I do a lot of stuff without the ball also, mm -hmm. but the ball stuff is really what like gets the pelvic floor connected inner thighs. And part of it is like, 
you know, sometimes we're thinking like if there's something between your knees, you're like, okay, and they're saying squeeze or someone's telling you to squeeze the ball. Like initially, if you don't fully think about the body, you're like, okay, I'm going to squeeze my knees, like Mm -hmm. actually squeeze my knees. It puts too much pressure on the knee joints. But when I'm telling you like, okay, hold the ball there, you're not going to see the squeeze, start squeezing from the pelvic floor and inner thighs. You're realizing like, oh my God, it's changing the entire thing and I'm connecting into the core. So I find that the ball helps you to just be aware of your alignment and almost have like this awareness of your body that is pretty special, you know, because it it does challenge you. You know, a lot of times people will be like, okay, I'm ditching the ball. It's a little bit too challenging for me today mm-hmm. because maybe like you're feeling just disconnected or something and that's okay. So how yeah. often do you recommend that people do the method? I always recommend about four times a week in uh-huh. whatever time frame that may be. It could be four times of 15. It could be a combination of everything. But I think like keeping your body consistent, keeping your mind consistent, keeping that alignment, that'll really transform your body in a way that like you're constantly making progress. But really it's like any gift that you can give yourself of like even if it's one time a week, one week and four times the next week, like that's totally fine, you know. But I always like – I always try to get people to rest a little bit. I know a lot of times when you're feeling so good, you want to keep going. Yeah. And that's okay too, as long as you're giving yourself some time. But like you have to really make sure that you're listening to your body when it's like telling you you're too tired or you're, you know, like things are hurting a little bit. Or like if someone comes to me, they're like, oh, my my hip is clicking a little bit. I'm like, well, how much have you been doing? And maybe you've been overdoing it and maybe just give yourself a time of rest, you know? Why is it that, um, and maybe this, the, the why is it sounded a little negative is actually a <laughs> positive thing, yeah. but I'm wondering, I feel like when I see people who do Pilates, they have this like very like dancer like look to them. They like yeah. move in a certain way. Like you can just tell them apart from like yeah. other people. Why do you have this like lean look when you do Pilates? Well, I think it stems from creating this inner kind of pull of the muscles. So when oftentimes when you think about that, people say it's like, or people think that it's kind of like you're holding it in so tightly and you're having to do that. And it's actually like the complete opposite. It's like tapping into every little tiny muscle and not just working the outer layers. If you start to work the outer layers of the muscle without tapping into the inside, what ends up happening is you just kind of like build muscle on top Mm -hmm. and you don't create that functionality. So because we're working on mobility, it's like every little muscle has to work in a way that is like supporting the next, that nothing is overworked and Mm -hmm. nothing is underworked. So it evens out in a way that, you know, you're like, okay, well, this is, this is like how my muscles should work together. You know, my bicep feels equal on this side or equal to my tricep and nothing is kind of overworked. So that's kind of like the main goal of of everything I do in every series is to make sure that every muscle is worked at some point, but it's not overworked. Nothing is underworked and it can all kind of work in unison. So I feel like that's kind of Yeah. <laughs> every time like I like I notice people who do Pilates, I'm like, yeah. you just look a certain way. You move a certain way. I don't know. Like the posture is... It's a, I think a lot of it too is probably, is probably posture and the way that people hold themselves. You know, less about like what the body actually looks like. Because I feel like everybody's kind of like born with, yeah. with your body and you're working to kind of create the healthiest version of yourself, which really means creating that length in your spine, learning to kind of not tuck the tailbone. And it's funny how, you know, even just like a little slight alteration of this and this, it's like 
it, it gives you like a sense of confidence in yourself and it projects a certain sort of confidence too. And some of it is just like releasing some tension or tightness like in your chest here because you can get a lot from like your chest bone to your shoulders like that tightens up with computer work this, and everything like that. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm guilty of that too, because, you know, I work on the computer at home when I'm not teaching. It's like everything else is on the computer when it's not teaching. Um, but I think a part, part of it is just feeling, I feel like it's, it really stems, I mean, I'm going to circle this back to the pelvic floor, but I think it, think it stems from kind of like that lift that's like mm-hmm. so deep underneath that almost feels like, I use this cue in class where it's like energy coming out of your body. Like it doesn't stop with your limbs. So when you're reaching your hand up or you're reaching your leg out, it's like the energy kind of continues out through your hip and it doesn't just like, it's not just your leg, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of is that oppositional energy movement. So it kind of feels like you become this bigger presence. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's just like you're like taller and graceful. Probably because you're like more aware of your body, you know, because it like forces you to like get into this position that you're like, okay, I'm lying flat and I'm like, okay, I need to open up this or this is feeling tight. It's like you probably like leave, you know, everybody that leaves a session is so much more aware of your body and your mind and all of these things. So it's like maybe that awareness I don't know. I'm like like speaking to you and I've like sat up straighter. It's (laughs) so funny. If you could leave our audience with one tip to do with like posture and length, what would you say? Um, I would honestly, I would say you have to work on like functional core strength. And that is like the root of my method. I'm not going to like tell everybody to do my method, but I do have to say like, it's like once you start to get that deep core strength, it's really not about just pulling your shoulders back. I mean, obviously like you need to connect some muscles behind the shoulders and stuff, but it really is about finding a different type of length in your core. And this like, it's, it's mobility, it's mobility, it's length, it's strength. It's, um, it's all of it. It's kind of all of it. It's like, there's like, there's not really, one tip I would say. I would say when you're sitting up straight, try not to think of it like just lifting up from your chest. Like Mm -hmm. think a little bit deeper and lower. Think all the way down to the pelvic floor and it's going to go like pelvic floor, lower abdominals, like center core all the way up like that. And then still being able to like laterally breathe and open up your chest. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Tell everyone where they can find you, your (laughs) method, like pick yourself out. Um, my Instagram handle is Leah Bartha, L-I-A, which I think people get confused with. Um, and then my app is bethemethod.com, just a regular B. Amazing. <laughs> thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was really, really fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday. So come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people. Learn and unlearn and have a lot of fun. See you next week. 